Jay-Z has a really interesting, I don't know why we're talking about this, but Jay-Z has a really interesting part of the 99 Problems um, song. And he talks about basically your your Fourth Amendment rights when you get pulled over by a police officer. And they teach this little bit in law school because it goes into procedure and like if they have the cop has probable cause and if they have like a, they need a warrant to search the trunk and all that. It's kind of interesting. That's good that the rap song is actually instructional and teaches people their rights. I mean, why not? That's great. Empowering people. Jay-Z's story of OJ is like really all about personal finance. Instead of doing this show on vegan burgers, let's just wrap it. Go ahead. Start rapping about a vegan burger. (laughs) I like to eat burgers. Oh, God. Why didn't I do something that's easy to rhyme? Burgers are yummy inside my tummy. They're made from soy protein. Make you want to scream. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> Let's talk about... Gateway drug of veganism. We're going to talk about the tip of the spear, the introduction to a lot of people to vegan cuisine. It's, it's the vegan burger. It was the first thing that they figured out. Before they figured out uh, non-dairy cheeses and pizza, and all these more complicated creations, burgers came, and uh, they were good. The inventor of the vegan burger, or the inventor of what he calls the veggie burger, was a guy named Gregory Sams. In 1982, he coined the term veggie burger. But there's a lot of people that claim that they invented the veggie burger. I mean, it's, a, I mean, you, th- you would think, uh, in some ways, the falafel would be mm-hmm. kind of a veggie burger too, sort because it kind of has that ground up vegetable protein smashed together and put in it a sandwich. It has to be a disc though. It has to be a disc, a bun with a disc. I think that the real excitement to the veggie burgers, these new pea protein isolate burgers like the Beyond oh. Burger and the Impossible Burger, those are the things that are getting all the, the play, the press, the excitement. The advanced technology burgers, as opposed to the garden variety, garden burgers of past. Are they really technology, though, or are they just smashed up vegetable protein? What makes them filled with technology? If they were to analyze a beef burger and on a molecular level and try to find similar tastes uh, in plant form, and they, yeah, I mean, it, there's some food science to it. So, like, yeah, that's technology. So you drank the Kool-Aid. Well, no, look, and of course, anything that will save a cow, I'm, like, I want to promote it. I think the thing that makes the impossible meat red is this thing called leghemoglobin. <laughs> oh, it's like hemoglobin? It's like as if it's the blood of the dead animal? It's a derivative of soy, and it's mm-hmm. a leg. Let me. I'm trying to pronounce Legumoglobin? it. Legumoglobin. Leg, hemoglobin. Le- okay. It's like a leg, like a human leg. Right. Hemoglobin. And hem- hemoglobin is in blood, and so they they want to call it something blood adjacent. Well, leg hemoglobin is the compound used by Impossible Food to give the products the red blood like color. I I think you had. An Impossible Meat Burger, you kind of freaked out a little bit, didn't you? Uncanny Valley, yeah, it f- tasted too real. <laughs> too real. Too real, man. Too real. I think that these realistic style burgers are really pointed towards people that are, I guess, flexitarians or people mm-hmm. that, eh, let me try something that's not as carcinogenic. 
I know several people who are still meat eaters who claim that they prefer the taste of Impossible and Beyond Burgers to actual meat. I also like burgers that are sort of bunch of smashed together vegetables like you, you go to the frozen food section you just kind of smash all the vegetables together have you tried the dr prager's i'm not in love with dr prager's but of course i support any any veggie burger but yeah i see what you're saying when you can see the vegetables it's more of a artistic creation you're not you're not constrained by the need to simulate an actual dead animal well, dude, I'm wild, man. I'm not constrained by your... Yeah, I'm not constrained by your society, man. I just have vegetables in a cylinder, and I'm not even constrained by the cylinder. I can turn it into a ball if I want. I actually do bad things with the Dr. Prager burger. Like throw it in the trash? What do you do? I do bad, bad things. I do bad no, things. I put extra oil in it, and I, oh, and I sear it hard, and I, I make bad. sure that it kind of has a crusty exterior. To me, I mean, I'm taking something that's more healthy than, let's say, like an Impossible Burger, and I'm making it less healthy by putting like, like putting extra oil in it. When you add oil to it, it just mm-hmm. it just adds a little extra little crunch and gives it a little more structure, per se. And, and that's the one thing I, I've heard about that burger. It's a little it too falls like, apart. gummy and, yeah, it falls yeah. apart. Well, I, I think from a branding perspective, calling it doctor something makes it sound like medicine. Like, take your medicine, eat your Dr. Prager's. So, you know, Impossible Foods wasn't really founded by a chef. You know, it was founded by this biochemist, a guy named Patrick Brown. Wait, Patrick Brown? Isn't the, the Beyond guy Ethan Brown? Everyone's named Brown in the, the fake food department. There's two competing burgers and the same, the, they have the same last name. Maybe they're related. <laughs> it's like a oligopoly. The two major synthetic burger creators are both browns? Wait a minute. It's a conspiracy too. You know why? The burgers are brown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but also it's like it makes it feel like a, um, you know, like a... F- oligopoly like it's not you don't really have a choice it's like they keep it all in the same family anyway (laughs) there's a distinct difference between beyond and impossible do you notice a difference yes i think impossible i mean not that i've had meat in i don't know how long but impossible seems more precisely burgerish doesn't it impossible was the first to market and they came out through restaurants Mm -hmm. and beyond was the first to get into supermarkets and now Impossible is available in supermarkets. And Beyond has more restaurants. I like the taste of both of them. I think that mm-hmm. Beyond has a little more of a structure, but Beyond has a certain smell it emits when you cook it. Like a raw meat smell. It's not a raw meat smell. It's just this very weird, distinctive, kind of unnatural smell. And I just think that the Impossible meat can be structured and moved around a little differently. It's just more um, flexible. You can like put it in spaghetti sauce and you can do other things with it and it it sort of is a little more of a chameleon style meat there was this one burger i saw morningstar farms incognomeat <laughs> <laughs> what it sounds like a, a cartoon superhero it'll be just like the impossible meat it's incognito it's, I'm, I'm i'm picturing like a you know a soy cow in a trench coat with glasses, you know, where in the world is Carmen San Diego of meats? I would have called it improbable meat. It's not quite impossible, but it's not likely either. 
So the big question is, is this stuff healthy for you? See, the healthy is a relative term. I think if you were to compare it to an actual dead cow, you'd say it has less cholesterol. That's a good thing. But maybe it has a little more sodium. That's a bad thing. It's definitely healthier for the cow. <laughs> it's healthier for the cow. And I'm guessing and hoping that it doesn't have the same carcinogenic qualities doesn't have the same carcinogenic qualities as beef. Healthier than meat, yes. Healthier than having, you know, unprocessed vegetables and rice and beans. I don't know. Well, it just seems like people were really getting on it for being ultra-processed. Now, that's not a problem for you because you've been drinking a lot of shakes recently. Processing is, is a neutral term to me. It's like you can process something to become unhealthy, like a Twinkie or an Oreo cookie, or you can process something to have like optimal nutrition, like Soylent shakes. What I saw was the real villain in the Impossible Burger is the um, saturated fat, oh. and they use coconut oil. And I guess it's 41% saturated fat. And then they're saying a four ounce serving has uh, 370 milligrams of sodium. Which seems like a lot, but it really isn't that much. Humans do need a certain amount of sodium to survive. It's just a matter of not having too much. Yeah, we, we don't need coconut oil to survive. Perhaps not. I saw a couple of people dissing uh, Impossible Meat. And so the Chipotle CEO, Brian Nicole, was talking about the Impossible Meat and Beyond Meat. And he said, we have spoken to those folks, and unfortunately, it wouldn't fit our food with integrity principle. Ooh. Because of the processing. Uh, how about the killing of animals? Does that fit your food with integrity principle? <laughs> you, could, you cannot say that you have more integrity if you support murdered animals over processed vegetables. We just have different definitions of integrity. John Mackey, the CEO of Whole Foods, said that they are super highly processed foods. They do carry them. They carry Impossible and Beyond, do they not? Whole Foods, for the longest time, did not carry Impossible meat. Really? I thought they, they did, but They I were really in on the Beyond meat, oh. but they did not carry Impossible meat. I know Trader Joe started carrying Impossible meat. We're seeing a lot of the fast food restaurants. Taco Bell is collaborating with Beyond for their offerings as well. That makes sense because they already had a relationship with another yum brand, which is Pizza Hut. And lest we forget Raised and Rooted, Ugh. that takes pea protein and mixes it with beef. <laughs> let's, let's forget Raised and Rooted. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. KFC is also a yum brand and they have a beef. Yeah. All, all, all across the yum brand spectrum, they're partnering with beyond the one interesting element to this we're always comparing let's say like beef to the impossible meat the cool thing is technology can be improved and yeah. so maybe impossible meat can maybe push and, and improve the quality or the health of these burgers and you can't do that with cow meat yeah they do have versions of beyond and impossible I think there was like version 1.0, 1.0. And then also the other funny thing is they have different, I almost think of this as like, you know, when you go to the gas station, you get like 89, 80, uh, 91 octane or like 89 octane. So they have like versions that are like higher or lower in fat, different formulations. Yeah, they add like little specks of fat in the meat. Mm -hmm. And I guess that, that's, that 
liquefies when you cook it. Yeah. And you could have fewer specks if you want. There's some people that cut the meat too. Like I know that like Monty's Good Burger, what they Mm -hmm. do is they slice little pieces of onion. They just put like little pieces of onion inside it. And there's another place, another chain called Mendocino Farms, and they have a Impossible Meat Burger and they cut it with like carrots and vegetables. Put their own spin on it. It's funny you say cut it. It's like reminds me of like... You know, you see the TV shows where they have cocaine. They're like, let's cut it with baking powder to like make it last longer and lower the price. To my knowledge, no one cuts the impossible meat with cocaine. No. But I don't know, maybe you know a place that does but that. As I we mean, said, you're closer to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> um, as we said, um, veggie burgers are the gateway drugs to veganism. There was actually a, a an article about this company called Hira. They're... Jam is making the healthiest burger. It's a Spanish company, and their burger is not available here in the U.S. Their burger is a soy-based burger. They use extra virgin olive oil to create the Hura Burger 2.0. And so you can get that burger in Europe and some other places, but not in the U.S. Since I cook a lot of Impossible Meat burgers, I've decided that I will tell you how I cook my Impossible Meat burger. You're going to give away your secrets? Yeah. I'm going to give away my secret. That's amazing. It's really not a secret. No, but you're you're quite a skilled chef. I'm okay. At least your food is very photogenic. I'll give you that. It's just the filters, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I, I will tell you how I cook my Impossible Meat Burger. And I, everyone has a different way of doing it. I don't do the medium rare thing. I cook it hard. I just think that when it's medium rare, it just seems like it's, I don't know, like raw product. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. I like cooking it all the way through. And I think that that's the best way. I think it gets the best taste for my palate. I take a small ball, like maybe a little bit bigger than a golf ball, smash it down so it's thin, about a, a half of an inch. Impossible meat does not shrink down like real meat. I don't put any salt on it. And I think that the, the meat itself has its own flavor. Keep it thin. I use a little bit of oil. There are actually enough oil and fats in that impossible meat to cook it without oil. I cook it hard, maybe about three to four minutes on each side. I melt some vegan cheese on it. I use either the Violife white cheddar or the chow cheese. Some people, again, cut it with cocaine. <laughs> um, some people use speed. Some people use crystal meth. I prefer not to use any drugs. My favorite bun is this company called rock and wagner they make this vegan brioche mm-hmm. um you can use a lot of different types a lot of people are against brioche they like I to like use the pretzel regular buns bread. yeah some pretzel buns have dairy in them oh it's gotta be careful to man those pretzel buns and then i get a big tomato like i usually try to get it at a farmer's market beef I, steak yeah either beef steak or heirloom, heirloom. whatever's fresh and in season. I just think that sometimes the, the tomato should be thicker than the the um, the beef patty. Don't skimp on the beefsteak tomato. Right. I use red leaf lettuce, sweet sliced bread and butter pickles, and then I'll take a mandolin. I'll cut some super thin white onion. I'll also slice some very thin jalapenos on a mandolin slicer. And then I'll use follow your heart mayonnaise. And if I'm feeling spicy... I'll mix the mayonnaise with some sriracha or some tapatio. Now, the assembly of these 
burgers are very, very important because it's an architectural thing. So I, I make sure I put down that lower bun first and put my fancy sauce on there and you put the burger down. Cheese, tomato, other like fresh toppings, lettuce, and then it's really important more mayonnaise or sauce on that top bun to anchor all the vegetables together and you put it together and then you got your burger. You're making me hungry. No, that sounds delicious. (laughs) I want one. You Um, eat it with complete prejudice. Wow. You destroy that burger. Make it go away. Um, No, that sounds really delicious. Um, No, no, no. You don't eat it yet. No, no. Stop eating it. Okay, I'll stop. You take a picture. You put right. it on Instagram. Then you eat. Camera eats first. Um, that sounds so delicious. You know, uh, Jacqueline recently made a really good Impossible Burger, and she did an interesting innovation. She put pieces of vegan cheese inside the burger and cooked it with the cheese inside the middle. And that was Wait, really are, good. are you sure it wasn't an incognito burger? No, no, it was, it was Impossible, <laughs> and it had bits of, um, what's that cheese? I think Mykonos, like, you know, it's like Greece. It's like the the island of Greece. What's that? Is that the brand? Yeah, Mykonos. Mykonos. Yeah, she she put little pieces of sharp jack cheese in the burger, and it was so good. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, should try that. Well, I definitely use Impossible Meat as an ingredient all the time. Like I'll put it in spaghetti sauce. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll put it on tacos. Stuffed peppers once, didn't you? Speaking of of which, I cut it too. Like I'll, I'll take a. Uh, tofu and I'll mm. smash the tofu in and I'll, oh, I'll, I'll actually put some impossible meat or some other types of meat. Does uh, that throw it off? Dr. Prager's meat. <laughs> and mm. I'll cut it with tofu and special meat and, and then I'll make my own little I'll make a special taco mix. You know, I'll do, I'll take soy riso and mix that with tofu as well. And oh, that's, that's a, a great spice. taco thing. Yeah, yeah that that's a great really taco good. thing. So, okay. So, so let's wrap up this burger episode. It's cool that these burgers exist. They introduce people to the world of veganism. They shouldn't be the only thing you eat, but, you know, they're not horrible. And, I mean, they're probably the only thing you eat. Mm, <laughs> no, you, you know have a the shake only thing I and then you have yeah. a burger. You have a shake and you, you go to Monty's a lot, don't you? Monty? Not a lot, but I do, I do like Monty's. It is delicious. It's kind of like In N Out. I just don't want to wait in line. Going There's a, always going this the, long ass. Going the off season. <laughs> when is the off season? You know, at an, an, an irregular meal time, like who you you know four. It's not lunch. It's not dinner. Go then. Oh, so you, you know to to plan your life around like okay, there's going to be a big line at. Monty's I was just Good giving Burger. you a suggestion. I'll just wait in line. Like, you know, come on, what do I, what do I have to do with my life? Have you had their chocolate shakes? Yeah. Are they good? Yeah. They're good. It's like diabetes. It's it's so good, though. It's, uh, I well, drank you're it. thin. I'm always fighting my weight. So I'm fighting like... my weight, too. Um, when I drank it, I felt like the jitters because it was like a sugar high. 